Hi there and welcome to Raising Resilient Teens, the podcast version. My name is Sasha Lester and I'm so grateful you're here with me today, where we talk about all things teenagers, raising teenagers and the joys that go with it. With that, let's kick it off. And welcome back to another episode of Raising Resilient Teens. My name is Sasha Lester and I'm joined today by Lydia Molina Santos. And she's actually asked that um, Lydia Molinos is, oh, Lydia Molina is enough, but, you know, it sounds so sexy when you add the Santos at the end. So Lydia is um, a very dear friend of mine. We have never met, but it's literally one of those sisters from another mother type scenario. Correct me if I'm wrong. She lives in the UK and in her words, Lydia helps parents with suicidal, challenging teenagers save their kids' lives and strengthen their relationships without living in fear, arguments or disrespect by using her no-drama parenting method. Her program and business was born by wanting and needing someone like herself for when she was going through the exact same situation. Lydia, welcome and thank you for agreeing to talk to us today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, my God. You have some new homework. Oh, I think there's going to be some laughter today. It's awesome. So I'm going to throw it over to you directly to tell us a little bit about you, how you became to be the parent coach that you are today. Um, And, yeah, we'll just we'll go with the conversation from there. Over to you. Well, I'm happy that you got me here today. See how many people and how many parents we can help. Um, So why did I become... The, the parent coach because you what you said before it's um I needed someone to help me with my team I had no clue of what I was doing and my relationship with him was like getting worse and worse and worse to the point that I totally lost I lost my son he went to live with his dad and I didn't he did he, did, he hated me he didn't want to speak to me for months during that period I was doing my coaching diplomas my NLP diploma and I was I was trying to um because I was crying every day I wanted my kid back with me mm. and that that was the painful part of it not the behavior but like feeling unloved by my own kid you know so I was doing everything possible to get my kid back. And so I stuffed myself with courses and books and all that things. I still felt really lonely as a parent because there is not many help there for parents that goes through these situations, especially if the kids have mental health problems. The kids have a lot of help, but the parents don't. So we are here frustrated and and lost and and we don't know what to do and we join Facebook groups and we try to do parenting tutorials in, in YouTube and we try to read a lot of books and and nothing works and so I did all these things as I suppose a lot of parents that are listening are doing too but then it's like a, the light bulb went in my head okay so I'm gonna try the things that seems to be working 
all the time in all of the cases with different age kids and all that stuff. So I put these things together. I and add some of mine. I follow these things that I that I learn rigorously every single day without going to my old ways of parenting. And things started to change, things started to work. My son came back to my house and then really good today. And so with all these things that I've learned, I made the method that I teach now and the program that I run. Do you think that like when we were going through it, there there was help out there for parents? We just didn't know where to look or there just wasn't help because people didn't recognize that we as parents really needed the help and they were focusing more on the children? I think there is not much support for parents. Mm. There is still a lot a lot of help for the kids, therapies for the kids, counseling for the kids and all that stuff. But there is no support for the parents and there is no teaching for the parents. Because once you okay, you have a kid with a problem, you send them to counseling, you send them to therapy, and then the kid come back to your house and you have no clue of what to do, what happened in therapy, how do you need to speak to you, to your uh, kid or whatever, you're still lost. So you, mm-hmm. you're, sending you, you're sending your kid to get fixed when you have no clue of what happened there. Your kid come back and there the arguments again because you don't know. So all, all the work that the kids are doing, we as parents might be undoing it because we don't know how to speak to them. Yeah, that's so true. There's a lot of podcast episodes that are going to come out of conversations with us. I mentioned ages ago and this podcast episode has been a very long time in the making. On March the 7th this year, you put up a post on Facebook which made me want to interview you straight away, made me really want to connect with you and learn more about your story. And I know that everyone has a story to share. I'd like to read that post now, if that's okay, to oh, um, to the audience. I'm and Because <laughs> you can't remember what it is. But you will as soon as I start. Yeah, go for it. The girl in this picture is of a 19-year-old Lydia. Just a few days after one of many attempts of suicide by overdosing on my grandpa's diazepam. My parents never knew the extent of my sadness and how dark the place was I was living in. I couldn't talk to them. My mum, bless her, she did everything in her power with her knowledge she had to get me out of the dark place. The puppy I hold in the picture is Jungle. She brought it to me one day when I was watching TV in bed in the darkness of my room. She brought him to me in one of the days when I was totally numb disconnected and asking myself why I wasn't dead yet. Jungle was something else, not only because he saved my life, but because he gave me something to care for, something to be alive for, something to take my mind off my own sadness. He was glued to me. He knew how I felt. As a suicidal teen and a mum of two challenging teens, I'm pleading with you to never take for granted the lives of your teenager. Go far and beyond to connect and reconnect with them, to understand they are so emotionally fragile and could be gone in a second. Gosh, you know, like 
like it sounds so different when I wrote it than when you read it. It I know, and that was my question. Like, I've got goosebumps over this side of the world. And, you know, that's how I read it initially. And it was like the wow and the shock factor, you know, the oh my God, I didn't know factor. How does it feel for you listening to it after so many months? Because obviously, when you wrote it, something, you know, triggered you to put that post up on that particular day. Because I was a suicidal teen and I have to go through the same thing with my son so many times. I came to the realisation that there is not enough education about what suicide is. There's not enough information about how bad it's affecting suicide to teenagers. Like in UK, two teenagers die every day because of suicide and that's that's not counting the little ones these ones are between 15 and 20 but my son was 11 the first time that he tried to suicide you know it's like there is not enough information and that's why I'm, I'm diverting my coaching a little bit more that way to educate parents about suicide because there is so much shame on talking about that nobody wants to talk about that nobody wants to talk about their problems but if you don't talk about your problems then how are you gonna fix them do you know do you feel like it's an issue that is swept under the carpet we don't want to talk about it if we don't talk about it it's not happening type thing It's, it's big time and the and the thing is that Everybody tends to think that the kids that have mental health problems are depressed, the kids that have anxiety, the the kids that self-harm are the ones at risk. And nobody thinks to think that the ones that show happiness and success in school or with relationships with friends or something, those are also very vulnerable. And and those ones are usually the ones that give us the biggest shock. So when you read stories about these kids, and I put this on my Facebook group a lot, a lot of videos of kids that are really happy, they like connected to their families, they have a lot of friends, they're doing really well in the school, and all of a sudden they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And the parents ask, why? And that's the question that is going to go with them to the grave. Mm. why so that's what i'm trying to avoid i'm I'm trying to help parents to realize that no parents are safe or no no teenagers are safe from suicide all of them can go down there and it's hard to talk about it because you don't you don't want to how would i say you don't want to think that your child can do that but if you don't have that in your mind how can you help your team Mm -hmm. or how can you avoid that situation when you were going through that dark period and you were going through those thoughts, um, did your parents have any signs? Did your like did you give off any early indications and you're nodding your head going no? My my parents didn't have a clue. I, I just couldn't speak to them. It was it was, that was that relationship with me where the parents were parents and you do what you are told to do and then you get punished if you if you um disobey. Mm. But there was no connection in between my parents and I. It was not. So I, I didn't feel comfortable to tell them how I was feeling because I always thought they just they just not gonna listen in there. If they don't listen to me for good things, how are they gonna listen to me for what I'm feeling they're not gonna understand it so there was no my parents didn't know any warning signs I guess from your son when your son went through it 
that no. you picked up in hindsight? No. No, nothing. That That's yeah. why it shocked me because my son was 11 and the, the first time that happened, and this is what I was like really shocked, the first time I ha- it happened, it was, I think it was a week before his um, 12th birthday. And so um, my my family came from Spain, my nephews and my nieces. We were having a laugh. We were ca- trying to catch up and all that stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, he disappeared. My son disappeared. And I'm like, where is he? When I went to the room. So it was a happy moment that we were living, yeah? Yeah. I went to his room and, and the image was like, what? He was trying to go into a chair and he hung a rope, like, like a skipping rope from the chandelier. And he was trying to get in the chair to hang himself. He yeah. wrote a three pages um, note saying goodbye to everybody. I had no clue. I had a lot of friends. My son had uh, was very popular in school. He, he was doing really well in school. My son, one of those kids that mm. seemed but then something else was boiling him inside. And I didn't know. So I was making the same mistakes with my kids that my parents did with me. I'm just taking a moment. (laughs) When you were going through, like, your teenage years, was there bullying involved for you? And I only ask this now because a lot of of the suicide attempts potentially evolve around those bullying issues. For me, it was... um, was a lot of things going on. So, yeah, I was bullied, uh, I think, my entire life. Um, not only by the kids in school or, or in the street when we used to play, but also maybe unconsciously by my brothers, my, my older brothers. Um, you know, like how they tease each other and they just say things, peace each other off yeah yeah but those things were getting to me I was also abused um as a child and then my brother died when I was really young so there was just like like a like a lot of things going on in there for me and I was just trying to go through the teenage years. Oh, I was going through bulimia and all that stuff. And so I was going through all of these years trying to get to know myself. Who the fuck am I? And all that stuff. And and then just trying to process what was happening to me. I think teenagers go through those teenage years like walking in limbo. They don't have a clue of what's happening. We, we have a lot of emotions when we are teenagers, but we cannot process the logical part of it and it's such a short space of time and like as you say they're they're expected to be able to process everything that's been going on around them and it's just a you know a a crazy world it's it's a lot of um growing up very fast your body grows very fast you you you're treated like a, still like a child, but the expectations are for you to be an adult. Like it's mismatching. A lot of things are mismatching in there and we parents have no clue. Yeah. You mentioned in your post, my mother, she did everything in her power with the knowledge she had to get me out of the dark place. Quite often we're, as parents, we're dealing with situations the best we can with the information that we have at the time to deal with the problem that's in front of us. 
Do you think that as parents, we are better equipped now than before? Yeah, yeah, because we have more information and and there is more help. Like coaches like you and I, that our coaches um, on the niche that we have, because we have been there, you know, and so we are offering to other parents our experience and our pain and our tears so they don't have to go through that. So whoever whatever parent that don't uh, don't get the help is because they're not looking for it but yes we are better equipped than before there is more resources and there is more help out there and there's more information now it's just unfortunate i reckon that um we as parents like we have to really go digging for it it's not it's not as common as other you know helpful services out there that's that's what I found kind of annoying like you know I want help now I don't want to have to sift through all the all the noise around me to find exactly what I need yeah let's talk about jungle I know when Harry comes over like there's this amazing connection between Teddy and Harry and there always has been and it's like Teddy kind of knows that you know when Harry's around he just needs he just needs a little bit more love and he just needs me by his side um and like he's always so excited and just leaps and bounds for him and at the start when Harry was going through all the drama with the drugs and he was just very dismissive of Teddy and Teddy was always like, no, 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 I don't care. I don't care that you're, you know, kicking me out of the bedroom or shoving me to the side because, you know, I want you, I want you. How instrumental in, like, your recovery was Jungle for you and how much do you think pets in general help kids get through shit times? I tell you what, that dog saved my life because um, I'm going to say this. Because I I don't I do you know I don't bubble wrap and I don't sugarcoat things. I no. speak however however it is, that's what I'm saying. So when a person is depressed, it becomes very un- unconsciously they become very um selfish and egocentric. It's like all about my all about my problems, all about me, all about me, all about me, and they cannot see what's in front of them or around them. It's all about their pain, their suffering. And so when my mom brought me the puppy, I was doing therapy uh, with a psychologist. And the psychologist said to her, like, bring her a dog, bring her a pet, bring her a puppy. And I tell you what, that selfishness, it like, it, like came out of me. I wasn't focused on me anymore. I wasn't focused on my problems. I wasn't focused on my pain. I was focused on looking after the dog, training the dog, taking the dog out, doing things with the dog. So it's like kind of forgot about my pain and my depression. And then it was all um, a display of love for my dog. And I think animal therapy is one of the best to get people out of depression because you don't focus on you or anything that is helping other people it just takes the focus out of you and your pain and your depression and all your suffering it just puts your focus into helping others and loving others and I think that's the best or one of the best things to help with depression and I know you've got dogs now in your household do you feel that it I got a dog and I have four cats (laughs) do they help with the family environment um well I have to vacuum every day (laughs) 
but I tell you what, I think our lives will be really, really sad if we didn't have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they 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 are all different. They have their open personalities and all that stuff. But it's that that's so yeah. Our lives will be like really sad if we don't have them. They are massively helping our son too because two of the cats sleep with him all the time and he has to get up and feed them and and they are very low um energy which feeds my son yeah whether i try to bring the dog for him and and he she's really hyper so she feeds me better (laughs) than to my son can you hear it now? Yep, yeah, there he is. There she is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. edit that bit out. <laughs> there she is. Yeah, I, I don't think we could live, or we never live without animals in the house. In your opinion, how much of an impact does social media and technology in general have on teenagers? Do you know what? It's really um, it's really curious to know because when I, when we sit around the table with my kids and they've, they've, been, they've been given uh, devices when they were really young. I was against that, but my ex-husband is a computer technician and all that stuff so he's like computer geek and he gave them devices really young so and they you kind of just have to go with the flow when yeah, one so, parent says yes yeah. it's like oh, yeah. okay so it, yeah it, it's like it, and, and he did it like for christmas presents birthday presents all that stuff so i cannot take that back you know yeah. but I, I wasn't i didn't like when they were that young and they they do impact a lot in their life because they are that's what how they live now they do homework online they uh shopping online they play games online they do everything online their life is through the computer and they are no other devices and they're not experimenting the the real world out there so mm. they're very emotionally um sensitive not sensitive not there emotionally weak that's how they're growing it's very difficult to build resilient in these kids today because they see things through computers and most of them most of the things are not real and, and there's, there's a lot of people out there i call them keyboard warriors and they can say super nasty things, yeah. Um, like on a on a post or via messenger or via SMS, but face to face, they they couldn't even look you in the eye. And it's like, you know, how how do you build your teenagers and your children up yeah. in like in a world like that? Something that we do <coughs> because I understand what, from for example, my son is autistic and he finds it difficult to get out of the house. He he got his bunch of friends and and they do things together or they come here for the sleepovers we do parties and but when he play games online i make sure that i know the people that he's playing with that i see them on video when they when they play on video and stuff like that and when my son wants to go and meet them I take him. So sometimes we have to drive three or four hours from London to Cardiff to meet his friends, you know? That's a long drive in Australian terms. That's a long drive. So hats off to you, Mum. Yeah, but I I understand that um, that's that's the way that it is now, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Can you take it? Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. We'll edit it out. So that that's 
the way that it is now, you know, when we were little, our parents said to us, 10 o'clock at home, or when the lights go up in the street, you have to be home. Mm. Now the world is different. Now it's all about how you're living through the computer. It's like us now. I cannot go to Australia and meet you, but we have to have our relationships through yeah. the computer. Yeah, but so, I know, I, you know, in saying that, I know that if you landed in Australia tomorrow, it would be like, yep, come and sleep on my spare yeah. bed that I don't have. Yeah. Like, And yeah. that that's what I, I am trying to, um, to do with my kids, to get to know their friends. Because my mom knew all of my friends. All of my friends' parents knew who we were, the bunch that we were. So I'm trying to do the same with my kids, even if it's through the devices. But something very curious, like I was going to say this and I just diverted. Um, we were sitting at the table playing uh, board games and um, my oldest one, she is now 23. And um, people keep on coming into the room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so we were playing games and and she has a boyfriend there and and we I were talking about having kids and she's like you know mom one thing for sure that I'm gonna do when I grow up is not giving my kids devices until they go to secondary school oh wow my son says the same my kids are not gonna have devices until they go to secondary school because yeah. they they living in their own flesh the damage of the devices mm-hmm. they're missing a lot of things because of their devices and so I think next generation they are gonna go backwards to our ways a little bit more I think they, they're gonna know how to have the balance between the real life and the devices oh I'm hoping (laughs) what's one lesson that you've really tried to implement with your children that you can see is slowly coming out one lesson that they are applying yeah that you're that you're implementing with them like for me um with Addison we we practice gratitude and you know we try and pull the positives from every day or every situation even if it's a bad situation like surely there's something that there is a positive about this negative situation I think for me the hardest things to do every day is listen to them with patience because Sometimes you're just like too busy, too busy working or too busy cooking or too busy cleaning or too busy doing things. And they want to come to you with a story or you want to uh, they want to tell you something, even if it's like something stupid that they're doing in the in on TikTok or whatever. And we just don't know I'm not interested to listen to them. But it's important for them, you know, like when when my partner's son come here, I'm like, oh, do you want to see my TikTok? And I'm like, oh my god, another TikTok. Okay, <laughs> show me, you know? Yes, yeah, show me. And I'm like, inside I'm like. Oh my god! <laughs> that, and they've got like six versions of the same TikTok. But yeah, you've got to watch yeah. all six versions. Yeah, but, I know. But, but by them knowing that we're listening, it just gives them the opportunity to open up even more. Okay, my parents are listening, so I just, I can't tell them something more meaningful. I can't tell them something deeper. I can't tell them about a problem. I can't tell them um, about something that I've done wrong. Yeah. And I think I think that's one of the things that we are doing more now, at, like active listening with curiosity to know to get to know who our kids are, because then that's gonna come back to us again. 
they're going to be more open to talk to us. Mm. And you mentioned active listening, and I think it's really it's really important that you're listening to your children, but you're also hearing what they're saying and what they're not saying as well. Um, you know, that's a really valuable lesson, I think, for everyone. You've recently met your soulmate, Marcos, and I love your love story. Oh, my God, she's smiling. She's blushing. And literally your love story is one for the books. How easy or difficult was it for you to open up to him and tell him of your of your past? Do you know what? It was... It wasn't difficult because he comes from the same thing. So it's like it, it's not only my soulmate, he's like me in a male version. We have yeah. gone through the same things. We have gone through the abuse, we abuse when we, we when we were children, we have gone through the bullying, we have gone through um really bad um abusive relationships. So it's like we found each other and we knew, okay, those are the things that we don't want to leave anymore. These are the things that we want. And we want the same things. Mm. We want the same things. So it's been like, we're not, it's, it's really. Um, it's so cute. I love it. I know. It's cute. Yeah. Like when I broke up with my life um, relationship, it was a lot of drugs and abuse involved. And I said, that's it. No more. I'm going to write a list to the universe with all of the things that I want in a man. I did the list. Here come Marcos a few months later, ticking all of the boxes. Oh, my God. It was one of my questions like, you know, did you manifest it? Did you put it out to the universe? Did he do the same thing? Did he just go, oh, my God, like, I can't deal with this anymore. Right, I'm done. This is what I want. Tick, tick, tick. This is what I want in a woman. And this is going to the whole manifesting type thing and will. I think for him was by in an unconscious way. Like me, I sit down and I wrote it on paper. Yeah. He didn't know much about the law of attraction until he met me. He does now, <laughs> yeah. And he uses it too. <laughs> and so, yeah, in an unconscious way, he broke up with his ex and he was like, I don't want this kind of relationships anymore. I want a person that compliment me and help me grow. And we just found each other. And it was good because at the beginning, I was really worried about my son because he went through all the trauma with my other relationships. And I'm like, oh, my God, another another new person in his life. How is this going to affect him? Marcos and him instantly clicked. So it's like, Everything was meant to be. Like, he listens to Marcos even more than he listens to me. Kids are always better for someone else other than the parents. It's a good relationship between them. So we feel safe. It's, it, everything's working. Everything's working. So yep. really happy. That it's love. Found- I love it. I love it. Um, with your line of work, um, what are some of the common problems that parents are coming to you with their teenagers they want to fix the behavior yeah uh, they it's mainly devices and school yeah um and not listening and being rebellious and or 
I think most of the times it's just normal teenage teenage behavior. But because we're living in a technology era, we don't know how to manage this behavior. For us, it was different. For us, it was instead of switching off the phone at nighttime, for us, it was coming home late. Instead of being grounded without devices, for us, it was being grounded without TV or being grounded without seeing our friends or going outside to play. So um, I think it's the same problems, just in a different... And so parents have to realise that we have to adapt to their times, to, to our kids' time, and not the other way around. Kids are our greatest teachers what are some of the lessons that your kids or the kids that you work with um have taught you i don't know anything that's the best i don't know anything because i come with a bunch of techniques and things to do with them and then and and i know a lot of skills and everything and then i sit in front of them they present me with something new a new problem not a new problem but a new uh, how can I say? It might be the same problem that all of them come with, but they just feel it different, and then they project it in a different way. Yep. So here, here's me trying to find my ways around on how to maneuver that, how to manage that. So it's always a constant learning from them. I don't know anything. Mm. I'm sitting here. But you teach me. I think that's that's really really powerful. Yeah. Um, Forty five minutes in, it's it's been <laughs> great and it's gone really quickly. Um, some words of advice to parents out there who are potentially or have potentially suicidal teens. And I know that um, my son was in that same situation. I had a message one night from his uh, judo teacher and she said, oh, look, you know, I'm actually really worried for Harry. I do believe he's got suicidal thoughts. Um, And I said, yes, I'm really worried at the same time. And it was just, I suppose, A, really confronting for me that someone else had picked up on that. Um, mm. But it was also really reassuring that other people were looking out for him as well. But, yeah, any words of advice that, that you can share? Um, a lot of people think that when they trying to commit suicide is because they are they want attention and it's not when they're trying to commit suicide is because they are at the at the bottom and the lowest and what they want is help and they don't know how to ask for help they think that they are a burden and they they're not loved and a bunch of things that go through their heads so i think my advice for parents is first to know that it doesn't matter if your kid is help, uh, um, successful in school, if he's look happy, if he got um, a lot of friends that are not safe from suicide. If we know that our kids have suicidal thoughts, the last things that we want 
is to fix them quickly. We have to we have to find them in the darkness that they are. Get to know how it looks like for them. And once we understand their darkness, then we can help them to come out of it. Just on just on that, do you reckon there's actually like do you reckon that we can fix them or parents just need to be able to understand where they're coming from because they've got to work through and rectify the problem themselves. Um, like we can't fix it for them as mothers want to do. The, the thing is that we want to solve the problems all the time. Yeah. So it's like instead of like trying to listen to them and say and, and trying to know like, okay, so why why do you go to this like as 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 the last resource to fix your problem? Do you know why why are you doing that? Instead of asking that, we dismiss their feelings completely and say like, oh, don't be silly. You are loved. We love you. You have a beautiful life ahead. You have a lot of things to do in the future. They don't see that. No. Well, it's pointless for us to say that because they don't see that. They don't feel that. They have made their peace with dead already. Mm, mm. And they can't not see their future. So the point is for us to go on, find out how is this situation? How is this feelings? How do these emotions look like for you? And even though for me, for example, that I was suicidal, my darkness was different to my son's darkness. So I assumed that I knew how he was feeling because I was there too. And it wasn't. I didn't know. So I have to learn on, even though I have a clue of how that felt i'll have to go and find how that darkness looked like for him what were his feelings yeah and, and then once i knew then that's when i could help him it's like it's like trying to throw um a lifesaver to someone who is drowning in the sea and they want to drown they don't want to grasp their life yeah they're definitely not going to take it so it's pointless it's a very good analogy the water and then help them from the water that's that's how you have to do it it's a very heavy topic but we've managed to throw in some laughter which which i love and the dogs entered the room we've had some external conversations i think marcos has been chatting to you from the side and (laughs) and i love it it's just like talking to my sister i love it thank you so much i will put all your um all your social media contacts and your website etc in the comments and if anybody wants to reach out direct they most definitely can you also have a um a facebook group which i will put there as well it's fantastic i love it and look you know we are definitely two people that don't mess around with the topics that need to be spoken about um and and i really appreciate you being in my corner thank you i love you thank you for inviting me i really have a blast <laughs> always with you <laughs> i know i know thank you thank you much And just like that, it's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed the last 20 or so minutes and have walked away with some golden nuggets of information. If you'd like to join our Raising Resilient Teens Facebook group, the link will be in the comments. And until next time, ciao!